Welcome back, guys. Episode 12 of In The Zone. I'm Giancarlo Alino, and we're joined here by the co-hosts Anthony Piniello and Chris Martelli. We got some news to start off our day yesterday. So I don't know what you guys were doing yesterday morning, but I opened up Instagram and uh, click on Chris's story. I'm like, what's Chris posting this early? And it said, <laughs> Peter Shirelli is fired. He had the Vince McMahon meme. So uh, it was official. We were talking about trades last week, about what to make with Edmonton because they're a train wreck. And uh, they did it. But they waited until he signed the goalie for three years and, uh, what, $14 million, $12.5 million? Twelve, $12.5 million. Uh, beautiful way to just exit the team, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Peter Shirelli gets fired and uh, he left a long list of moves that he liked to make. Uh, we talked about Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, but I forgot about the Griffin Reinhardt for Matthew Barzell, and then the second round pick, that was amazing. And uh, Milan Lucic, seven years, $42 million. The 10-goal man. Amazing. Just this guy, you can't can't make this stuff up, how great he is, the folk tale, folk hero. So what are your thoughts on uh, Peter Shirelli getting fired? Uh, it's a long time coming. Uh, I've been saying for maybe five years, not maybe, okay, maybe not five years, but ever since he kind of went to Edmonton, I was like, this guy is a bottom three GM in the league. Like, it's not even close. A lot of people, like, they give him credit where it's due, where it's like, okay, like, you've been in the NHL for, like, a decade as a GM, so that kind of says something. But just looking at the moves that he has made over the years, it just doesn't help his case, like, to have a job. I've been saying this for maybe two years. I'm surprised he's had a job. Even... um, the stupid idiot on on Montreal. Like I oh, I I'm, I I don't know why he he still has a job. I mean he got lucky with the Tatar trade because yeah. Tatar's been doing pretty well and Pacioretty hasn't been doing so well. But like I mean the amount of bad moves that Shirelli has made over the years is just it's so head scratching. Like you trade Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. And like literally two weeks ago, I get an update saying that the Edmonton Oilers are looking for a top six forward. It's like you had the top six forward. Not only did you trade one of your best players that you've seen in Edmonton in a very long time for a defenseman that's scratching and clawing to be a top four D. (laughs) But to put the cherry on top, Taylor Hall won the Hart Trophy last year. And he carried the Devils, mind you, they're not a good team, to the playoffs last year. Obviously, they lost to Tampa in five. But that's saying a lot for Taylor Hall as a player. And the whole Barzell trade, oh him winning Rookie of the Year, like, it just, it, everything is adding up. And I'm not surprised Shirelli got fired. I think the icing on the cake for me was the Hall for Larson one. Yeah. I also just want to throw in a little minor, but Drake Kajula he traded. He's playing next to Patty Kane, so he's going to be lighting it up pretty soon. But his problem, every time he goes to a new team, he seems like he has to make an immediate impact, and then he just total 180, trades the best player. I don't understand his thought process. And it's about time that this is also, happening. Yeah. Even, even the contracts. Yeah, like you said, the Lucic and the Koskinen, those are two players that, okay, Lucic was proven, but like in two thousand in two thousand eleven, he was yeah. proven. Like again, the game's getting quicker. He's never been a, a good skater. He's been, if anything, an average NHL skater. Yeah. And you sign him. Oh, uh, seven was a seven mil. Yeah. Oh, uh, Lucic, why did you want to sign this <laughs> McDavid? <laughs> McDavid, you're not gonna play with McDavid. He's gonna be in the. He's gonna be in the offensive zone. You're gonna be at your team's blue line. You like you're not on the same level as McDavid. You never will be. So him getting seven mil, I don't know how he did it. Like I, I have that no was, uh, That was the year like Andrew Ladd and Louis Erickson. Yeah. So like all those seven year deals just went to shit. I don't remember what year that was though. But also he traded uh, Mr. World Junior Jordan Everly for Ryan Strom, and then he traded Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner, and then he sent him down to the the minors. Like you can't make this stuff up. And he had the best player in the world on his team, Connor McDavid. How do you just mess that up? I'm, if I'm Connor McDavid, I am so happy because, oh, like, because again, like, I feel like he was trying to reach out to the media in that, like, I'm not pleased with my front office. Like, I know that, like, he, they're trying to do the best to give me a winger that I want to play with, but I had a winger 
in my rookie year that was amazing. And uh, he basically he roomed with Taylor Hall too. Yeah. So like trading Taylor Hall right off the bat, it's like, oh, that was my roommate in the first year of my NHL career. That's a big deal for me. You trade him for Adam Larson. Yes, our D are bottom five in the league. Like they have no D. I'm sorry, Clefbaum. I I don't think he's a yeah, good defenseman at all. Um, so if I'm McDavid, it's like okay, maybe now this is a fresh start. Finally, trade deadline coming around. Maybe Keith Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's uh, brother, yeah. now is taking over as the new GM for now, the interim GM. I don't know who they're gonna get eventually. Maybe Brian Burke. Maybe that's why he was ass kissing. Oh, I don't know, but. Um, Hitchcock. Maybe. I I think I think at the trade deadline this team is going to make the most moves. I feel like Edmonton they're going to go in there and they're going to say you know what we're going to try and replace all of Shirelli's wrongdoings. We're going to try and fix this team. But again, like if I'm Connor McDavid, I'm very pleased with the firing of Shirelli because he's been damaging that team for a couple of years now. Wait, so where do you think? What team do you think Edmonton is? Are they going to like push for the playoffs to try to well, repair those they're, moves? They're, so? they're three points out now. And we all know McDavid, like, 73 points in 49 games. Dreisaitl's also having a good year. Nuge. Do you believe they're that team, though, to squeak into the playoffs and beat out maybe a team like Colorado? Um, well, like, the thing with, with Edmonton is, like, their identity is... McDavid is one of the best players. He's probably the best player in the game. And, um, you know, Koskinen's playing pretty well. That's why he got the extension. But, again, I still don't think he was worth to get an extension. He's not proven. But... Again, like you said, I think they need defensemen. I think they're going to try and push for the playoffs. I think, if anything, you try and trade uh, maybe a pull Yarvi because, again, even though he hasn't panned out yet, I still think he has a lot of trade value. He's only 21 years old. Another guy that I would maybe trade, I know it's kind of risky, is Kyler Yamamoto. I don't know if you want to trade him, try and get a, a defense. I think they're in the same boat as the Leafs, but obviously the Leafs are in a playoff spot. They're trying to trying to make their team a little more like all around because we all know that Edmonton has that offense. Yeah. Like, you know, like they, they have Nuge, they have Dreisaitl, they have McDavid, but their bottom six again is very thin. Like Zach Cassian and those guys, like they're not going to really contribute in the regular season, but you know, playoffs we saw a couple years ago, Cassian, he was the guy that would basically go on the ice and give a momentum boost. You know, he'd get the big hit. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I like your question, Pags. I, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I think they're trying to make the playoffs, but again, I'm not really sure who they who they're going to trade. Like I have no idea. I just feel like at the same time with their goaltending issues, because I also am not totally sold on Koskinen or Talbot. I, have, I, I actually haven't heard his name yeah. since that 41 season, so I'm not a believer in that team. But like again, like a guy like McDavid putting up points and numbers like he's doing, like I feel like you don't want to upset him. So if you're three points out. You can't really look at McDavid and be like, okay, you're, you might win the Art Ross again. Maybe not. Kucherov might win it. But, like, we're going to rebuild. Is that okay? Like, we're not going to make the playoffs this year. We're only three points out. We're going to just tank. Like, is that okay? Like, we heard that before. I hate that word. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's just one of those things where, like, they're they're in limbo right now. And they're only three points out. And to me, that's amazing. They're only. I thought they would be like in twelfth, thirteenth place, but they're only three points out. Yeah, well, the West too. Like, I don't. There hasn't been as good this year. The West compared to the East. No, the East is definitely way not. better. Definitely not. Yeah, the I think that's year. the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah, like all the West. It's like the last five years they were so dominant, and all those guys are getting older now, and the players in the East are more skilled, and it's not as balanced anymore. Yeah, I'm looking at the West this year, and it's open. I feel yeah. like okay, there's obviously the the Calgary and the Winnipeg and the Nashville that are kind of dominating the West. But other than that, like you have the Sharks, the Sharks now they've been on a tear lately. Uh, the Blues have actually been winning more. The Avs have been very inconsistent. Uh, Minnesota's always been in there. But to me, there's not really a team that stands out as dominant like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like that team to me is just out of this world i think they're the best team in the league by a mile but like we're not talking about tampa we're talking about edmonton here uh do i think they make the playoffs i wouldn't be surprised if they do because of Connor mcdavid that guy's a freak do they make a big splash at the trade deadline do they try and trade for a dougie hamilton because that guy needs he needs a new scene i'm sorry dougie again, again? <laughs> another new scene like it's just one of those trades where you look back at it now 
And it looked so promising for Carolina because he fit the system. Like you say, he's an offensive D. Carolina's all offense. They don't really focus on defense. Their top D is Justin Falk. And he's all offense. They're all puck moving rush guys. Yeah, he's there you go. To fit right that's in the only there. That's gonna get the people. So in the like seats. it, it baffles me that he only has like 13 points or 14 points. Hamilton. He's got like eight goals on the year too. Like it's like, <laughs> what? Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you not clicking? Like, are you not getting the minutes you want? Are you not playing with a, with a pair that you want? Like I don't. But like again, then you look at Calgary there, the trade they fleeced them. They got Lindholm and Hannafin. Yeah. Mind you, they're younger than Hamilton, yeah. and they're doing a lot better than Hamilton. So, I don't know. I think Hamilton needs to go. And what a what a better what a great story goes from Calgary to Edmonton. That could also be a, a downward spiral for his career. It could, but and it would that be his fourth team already? Yeah. Boston. Oh uh, my God. Carolina, Calgary. Yeah. He He's showed promise in Calgary in uh, Boston, eh? He really did. And there's another was, trade was again. That was that yeah, yeah, I think it was. Oh, he yeah. He just has a track record of trading all his top guys. Didn't away. he trade Sagan, too? Yep. For nothing. Phil Kessel, he traded. I think we should end that segment on that. Yep. He traded. Just uh, absolutely. Just every guy he traded. <laughs> Sagan and Hall, the first and second overall every, picks yeah. in the 2010 draft. Did he trade Joe Thornton? If we go back. Wait, was he in the league way back? That long? You, or was he maybe on the staff? I don't know. But if he traded Joe Thornton, then you're going Joe Thornton, Phil Kessel. You're going uh, Tyler Sagan, Dougie Hamilton. Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Holy. Well, you told me before he traded Wheeler, right? Yeah, Blake Wheeler. So it was around that time, wasn't it? Uh, Wheeler was what, 08? We got traded, 07? Wheeler got traded when, I think after they won the cup? Or he got traded with Atlanta? Oh, it was before, no, it was before they won uh, the cup, Boston, because he wasn't on that team. Yeah, so it probably was before that he went to Atlanta, and then Atlanta moved to Winnipeg. Yeah. Oh, what a great track record he has. <laughs> so, okay, hold on. Before we end this, I want to say the names again. So, we have potentially Joe Thornton. Yeah. Phil Kessel. Yeah, that was definitely. Taylor Hall, Tyler Sagan, Dougie Hamilton, Jordan Everly, and Blake Wheeler. Yep. There's your all-star team. Well, there it is, Shirelli. If you're listening, I hope you're having fun at home because you don't deserve it. Who you don't hires them next? Do you, is there a team that goes, no, hey, no, Shirelli, you want to no, come on board with no, your cup? No, The Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> they need to rebuild. Just oh, get in there. Ship out. Gets yeah, for Kel. Let's go. He knows how to treat Corey stars. Perry's returning. <laughs> yeah, he knows what to do. Brutal. Brutal. But anyways, enough with hockey. I just want to quickly talk about a guy who has been dominating the NBA for about what it's been like 35 games straight, or 30, 35 games straight, with over 30 points every game, James Harden has been one of the best. This has been one of the best seasons I've ever seen by an NBA star. We all know he's an NBA player, but he's an NBA star. Yeah. And a lot of people say that could a guy be as big as Tracy McGrady was in Houston? And they finally got their answer. It's James Harden. What are you guys' thoughts on James Harden's offensive ability? Yeah, he's great offensively. You even saw from OKC just that big three they had when they were all young, like 22, 21 years old, Westbrook, Harden, and Durant. And then they traded him, goes to Houston, and he becomes that star, takes over his own team. And Chris Paul comes on board, and we saw what they did. But I thought... Like, going into this year, what could have been now with his numbers had they not traded for Carmelo Anthony? Because they had to get rid of Trevor Ariza. They had to, like, really get rid of some other bench players that were pivotal for them, like, defensively. And now it's just Chris Paul and James Harden. So he's going to have these offensive numbers. But now when it comes time to the playoffs, that Carmelo Anthony trade is going to it's gonna like, be pretty bad for them. And it's going to affect them. So do you not think – do you think that they're not going to – like go yeah. far in the playoffs at all? I don't think so. Like if they get matched up with like San Antonio, there's a good chance. But San Antonio has a good balanced roster with like DeRozan playing good and Aldridge playing good and Rudy Gay. If they get matched up with Golden State, there's no way they're going to win that. No, uh, we've been saying it for months that Golden State is just going to outmatch any team. But I think James Harden right now is in a, he's in a league of his own. Right. I feel like there's no one that could really touch him offensively. And I, I'm saying that even LeBron, I don't think, can touch him right now. I don't even think Kobe Bryant can touch him right now. I mean, we saw Kobe Bryant in 2006. He averaged, I think, 32 a game. And he didn't win the MVP that year. I remember he got snubbed yeah, with that. Because of the 
trial. And yeah. All, so they just don't want to give it to yeah, him. Yeah, he got snubbed. So with that being said, is James Harden your MVP of this year? Um, you know what? There's been a lot of names thrown out there. Uh, Giannis. I know, Alino, you're a big Giannis fan. I'm a big Giannis fan too. But when all is said and done and you look at the numbers and you look at how bad Houston started the year and now where they've come, I got to give it to James Harden. I don't I don't remember an MVP. I mean, I don't remember someone not winning MVP and averaging under 30 points a game. Like, this guy's averaging 36 points a game. And that's something that I've never heard of. It's something I'll probably never see again, maybe. Like, when, okay, obviously it's not, that's going to go down to maybe like 32 a game. It won't stay at 36 all year. There's no way it's going to last. Jordan, I think, is the only one that had like 34, 35, and Shaq. But but I wouldn't be surprised because his usage rate's at 40%, which is stupid. Like, he's basically shooting half the team's shots. But that's where a lot of people kind of criticize him and saying, this guy's not that good. Like, they still lost tonight. He got 50 points, but he shot 36 times. It's like, okay, I get what you're saying there, but someone has to score on that team. And it's James Harden. And again, James Harden, his assist numbers are down from last year. His steal is up this year, and his rebounds are up this year as well. But again, guys are steadily improving every year, like Giannis and and uh, Cat too. Carl Anthony Towns lately has been a freak. Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis yeah. guy's a freak. So, I mean, when all is said and done, when if you look statistically, there's no one that's like james harden right now there's nobody so if you look statistically yeah he's mvp but again you got to think of Giannis because again milwaukee's in first place in the east and he's out he's getting almost triple doubles every night so i don't know i i, I think i would give the love to Giannis right now but yes yeah, you can't count james harden out with the numbers he's putting up 100 percent. would you put Kawhi in that conversation too or because he hasn't played no. every game you wouldn't the reason I wouldn't is because again he's played what like thirty four yeah, games like he backs. hasn't he doesn't play that much the rest of them for June, which is smart. Um, but yeah, uh, I I love Davis, I love Giannis, I love Harden. I think those right now are my top three for the MVP conversation. But another guy that I would not like leave out right now is Steph Curry. That's another guy that I would not the leave only, out. Yeah, the only reason why I wouldn't give it to him is because the team is so good. And he's won already back-to-back before when he was, like, really carrying the offense. With this year, especially with Harden playing that good, I don't think they'll give it to Curry. And especially with DeMarcus Cousins coming back. Like, you can't so, but do you th- so do you think they're going to go the back-to-back route again with Harden? Yeah, I think they'll go with Harden. They'll rather go with Harden rather than face everyone complaining and saying, oh, look how stacked their team is, this all-star team. They're going to give it to Steph Curry? Like, how's that an MVP? So here's the thing I want to ask. Is the MVP award, is it flawed? Because a lot of people, they look at the MVP and it's basically most offensive player. That's kind of like where it's been heading the last couple years. Like when Curry won back-to-back MVPs, he was great. He was kind of underrated defensively. But again, his offense is what carried him and what carried all the fans to vote for him. So do you guys think that like Harden winning MVP is something kind of off? Because like... A lot of people that I know and like that love the NBA, when I ask them about Harden, they're like, oh yeah, he's probably the best offensive player, but like all around, like he's not even in the yeah. top ten. So like, that's saying something. Like if they're not, if they're saying he's not even top ten all round, and you're giving this guy MVP in the league, isn't that like, isn't that a problem? A little bit because Steve Nash also won back to back, right? Yeah. And Kobe Bryant should have had at least two more MVPs in his career. He only had one. Um, who else was it? LeBron had a lot, but another guy that got snubbed a lot for MVPs was Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, that's another, another guy. One. That's so Dirk, Tim Duncan, Timmy D had one. Yeah. Uh, KG, yeah, KG. So he, there were guys who were playing in an era with like Shaq, and Shaq was getting like <laughs> thirty four and fifteen and forty five and twenty eight and yeah. all these crazy numbers. So a little bit there and. With defense, I think that's why LeBron wins sometimes. He gets, like, the popular vote. Kawhi, LeBron. Yeah, that's why. I think if they gave it to James Harden again, it might show, okay, if you're a little bit more offensive, they might give it to you. And, like, Damian Lillard might have a shot. Guys like that. But I don't know. I think going forward, though, if Kawhi played a full year. Definitely. And then, definitely. And Kumpo, those are the two that would be leading the race right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Pinello, do you think then that if Giannis 
comes up first place for Milwaukee, they end up edging the Raptors, would you give him the MVP? Even if he has less no, like points than James Harden. I think in the I want to say in the East it's between Leonard and uh, yeah Giannis. I just want okay because like you so looking at the NHL award, look at the Hart Trophy. That's basically the MVP. You you carry your team all year like what Taylor Hall did. Like looking at what Harden's doing right now. Would you would you say he's MVP? Like comparing it to Hall because like again the Rockets they started really shit. They got rid of Anthony. They're like, okay, he's not working. Bye. So you're basically saying he's doing what Taylor Hall did last he, year. But he's doing that all through offense. Like, not defensive. Like, okay, he contributes defensively sometimes. But again, like, again, like the coach is looking at Harden. He's like, I want you to average 35 a night and try and win this, like, fourth quarter. You're not coming off. I'm, you're staying on the whole game. You're just going to shoot. We'll have Aritza or we'll have Tucker play D. So, like, I don't know, like, when I, when I think of an MVP candidate, an MVP of the league, I think of two-way game. I think of you're going to score a three, you're going to dunk on someone, and then you're going to block them the other way. And that's Giannis. We've been seeing that all yeah. year. So, like, mm-hmm. again, like, like I ask people, Harden is the MVP? Oh, yeah, no doubt. So then if Harden wins MVP, then you got to look at guys like Kemba Walker. you got to look at guys like Damian Lillard. you got to look at guys like Kyrie Irving. Like, so again, the MVP trophy for me is flawed. I think it's been flawed for a couple of years now. The only guys that have been appropriate to win it, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, guys like Giannis, Davis, guys like that to me are what an NBA player should be. Yeah. A two-way player that just dominates both sides. Carl Anthony Towns as well. He's improved every year defensively. Joel Embiid's another guy that we haven't even mentioned yet, and he's been amazing. I think he's another guy that should be in the MVP discussion. But he won't be because yeah. he has Ben Simmons oh, and Jimmy Butler around. and those guys. So even Jimmy Butler, you could even maybe throw him in MVP because he's one of the best two-way players in the game. But the thing is with Giannis, we haven't seen Milwaukee like lead a conference, lead the conference. That's like why so I'm saying, why are you putting yeah. Harden above Giannis? Giannis? If he gets first place, you have to give it to Giannis. Is he in the same spot as Harden? Uh, like it's are just they? he's the main guy there For, and he's carrying it. Yeah, oh, yeah, but but definitely. again, no, but again, you gotta look at. Milwaukee, they have some big names too. Yeah. Like they have Brooke Lopez who's shooting like 10 threes a game. They have Eric Bledsoe. Like they have a good player in every position, but Giannis is his stardom is just He's like head and shoulders. He's head and shoulders above all of them. I love Chris Middleton. I think he's a great player. He's probably the second best player on the team, and that's he's like way further down than Giannis. Yeah. They got, like, good complementary players to their star, and then Houston just has Chris Paul. So, James Harden. Yeah, Chris Paul, James Harden. Those guys. Clint Capella's injured now, so it's like you got to carry the team. And <laughs> I get it. Carrying the team offensively is one thing, and you're winning games. But if you're winning games, like, 135 to 127, it's like, okay, you're getting 36 points a game, but you're not, you're not doing your job on the other side of the court. And it's like, I don't see an MVP like that. You got to do your job on both sides. And a lot of people are probably going to bash me for this. Because, again, KD won the MVP 2013. He averaged 32 a game on OKC. Russell Westbrook won the MVP, oh, yeah, triple-doubled. Triple yeah. But that guy is a stat stuffer. Yeah. He doesn't care about anything. He just wants <laughs> to. it off the rim just to get the assists. Have you heard the stories about him? Yeah. It'll be, like, in the fourth, and he'll have, like, eight assists. And, like, if he passes you the ball... He'll yell, be like, shoot, shoot the ball. I want to get that assist. It's crazy. That's a team player right yeah, there. Is. He wants to get the assist. That he wants it. But yeah, for me, the MVP award is flawed. I'm going to put it out there. I would say give it to either Davis or Giannis this year. That's my thoughts. That's it. So that's it for the NBA. Alino, what's next, buddy? So we went on from the ice to the court. Now let's go to the ring. Let's because, do it. Uh, this Saturday night, you guys know NXT TakeOver is uh, usually a lot of people think is better than the actual main roster's pay-per-views. You know, a lot of guys on the main roster, if you're in the heavyweight title match, like AJ and Daniel Bryan... They don't do it. Yeah, they don't do it because, like, Ciampa and when he faced Gargano in that match, when remember the no DQ and they were going all over the arena, Gargano's wife came out and, yeah, they it was a lot of... They do a lot of crazy stuff down there and they're risking a lot. We've been saying for, what, like... A year now, maybe. It's been a while. NXT just out delivers yeah. WWE all the time. 
And I think it's basically they have two hours and there's like maybe five matches and they perfectly time each match. Like I feel like they really like they look at the time slots and it's like, okay, we have about 25 minutes to tear the house down. Yeah. And that's what Ciampa and Gargano have been doing for a year and a half now, ever since Rude and McIntyre kind of came up. It's like, okay, you two guys now are the big guys here. I'm not discounting Black because he's done his yeah, he's, he's done good. his stuff, but Gargano and Ciampa are the guys that I've been looking at, and it's like you're in the main slot of NXT. You're putting on 25 minute clinics every pay per view, yeah. and that's why I I'm I haven't been a big NXT guy, and the only reason I haven't been a big NXT a big NXT guy is because I don't want to watch NXT the night before a pay per view and be like. Oh well, NXT absolutely dis- like demolished uh, the, yeah. the WWE, and then I don't want to like shit on WWE. I mean, I do that enough already, but mm-hmm. I don't want to shit on it even even more. So again, like Champa, Gargano, Black, Cole, Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, all these guys, they just they're proving themselves every time they go out there. They go out there and they just kill it every time. They put on. Fo- if you look at Dave Meltzer's ratings, shout out Dave Meltzer. If you this like this guy doesn't give out five star matches often. If you look at WWE, the last five star match he put out was Punk and Cena at Money in the Bank 2011. Yeah, but if it takes place in Tokyo, seven stars <laughs> every time. <laughs> like, the, like I mean, like with Meltzer with WWE, yeah, yeah. all the five star stuff is NXT, yeah. all of it. Yeah. Like the that uh, ladder match for the North American title was oh, a five star. Gargano Ciampa, last man standing, five star. Andrade and Gargano, five star. Like there were a lot of five star matches that he put on. I didn't even I didn't even say Andrade here. I didn't yeah. say like I'm not I'm basically missing out on a lot of names. I just NXT the product is so good. I'm just looking forward to it. I can go on this forever. I can rumble. And even it's like who they match up with like uh, Tommaso Ciampa if he faces Velveteen Dream like we saw at the last takeover. Amazing match. Then they rotate. They have him face uh, Gargano. Those guys put on a great match. Alistair Black and Gargano. So they're able to adapt with everyone they work with. And uh, this takeover has a lot of great matches. Got Matt Riddle versus um, Ono, Ono, and Champa versus Black. Black in the main event. Gargano versus Ricochet. So, what match are you guys looking forward to most, and what are your expectations for the whole Takeover event? I'm gonna say one that you didn't say. That's Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair. Probably won't be the most exciting out of those matches because the, those guys are just world class athletes. But I feel like Shayna Baszler is gonna be getting a call up real soon. Yeah, it might be her time might be up with the NXT women's title and they may have big plans for Bianca Belair. So just two people to keep an eye on. Um, I'm looking forward to this is obvious for me, Ricochet and Gargano. I think they're going to put on a five star match. That's my prediction. I think uh, both guys are set up to be superstars in this company and they already are. And we've seen Ricochet basically do like screwed up stuff like this. This is stuff that I've never seen ever in my life like we've seen the high flyers before we, we see aj styles we see brian we see ray we see all these guys they're throwing themselves out there but the stuff that ricochet's done i've never seen anybody do it even the stuff that velveteen's done there's a lot of, like i don't see this like i don't see it often gargano is another guy he did a complete 180 he was the baby face the you know he was the the happy-go-lucky baby face that would try and go against the villain yeah. and now he's this sick villain now with <laughs> See, this is where I think a DIY reunion is going to happen and they're going to win the NXT tag titles again. I feel like that has to happen. Is it going to happen? Maybe. Maybe. If Gargano becomes a North American champ, they can do that. They're all they can win the every goal. title. Yeah. Can you see them getting a call up to the main roster together and then being tag team champions there? Uh, yeah, I would see it, but they would have to drop the heavyweight title and the North American title because I don't think they're going to want to have their like guys who have all the gold go up at the same time. But I think a good match, if you're going to compare them with two guys on the main roster, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, DIY, just <laughs> the build-up to that would be fun. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to definitely Gargano Ricochet because of what I've what I know about them. They just tear the house down every time, and this is going to be no different. And and, and it's a, and it's for a title too. So, I I feel like Ricochet didn't he just win it like not too long ago? So I feel like yeah. I feel like Ricochet cool. I feel like Ricochet's gonna win yeah. this one. I just uh, I love when all these NXT guys get called up, and then you think there's going to be a little bit of a drop off, and then they bring these new crop of guys in, like everyone we were just talking about. 
like Matt Riddle. And it's the bro it's just, show. It's unbelievable to witness, honestly. Yeah, I, I like to shout out to Triple H. He's done a great job with NXT, like an absolute great job. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. I can't believe I forgot his name. <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue. I'm like, Champa. I'm like thinking, oh my God, am I thinking of a Gargano who's a world champ? It's, it's Champa. But yeah, I don't really watch NXT like weekly, but yeah, the yeah. takeovers, I always seem to watch and enjoy it. And I like how it's not like the main roster where you have to watch Raw and SmackDown all the time to know what the hell's going on. You watch NXT TakeOver, it's really, they give you everything you need to know beforehand and you're not lost when you watch the product. And I think with Champa and Aleister Black, we saw Black beat Gargano at the last takeover. Amazing match. Now with Black and Champa for the title. I think Champa goes over in this. And then Aleister Black, we see him the next night finally make his debut in the Royal Rumble match. Well, it's crazy because I look at this match and I think both of them have to get called up soon. Yeah. Like, I feel like Champa's done everything he can in NXT. But again, like we saw maybe three weeks ago, we saw. Champa and Gargano beat up Black together, yeah. and that was a sight that like I loved seeing. And but again, I do think that Black needs to go up now. I feel like he's got that star power that screams Monday Night Raw, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this match is five stars and then Black kind of makes his way into the Rumble. Yeah, I would say Black goes up first, and then Champa maybe after WrestleMania would hold off. Like the guys that I would bring up are Black. And probably Ciampa. Those are probably the two guys right now. But obviously, you probably have to bring up Gargano if Ciampa's going up yeah, too. Like that would make sense. So, the guys that I would keep in the long, like long haul for NXT right now is Ricochet, Dream, and maybe a couple others. Because even Adam Cole, I think, is ready. I think a lot of people want to see Dream now. Yeah. But because he's still so young, the guy's still he's, the guy's a prodigy basically. Maybe keep him down there for another year. Yeah. That's that's what I think too. So uh, the next night, Royal Rumble, Chase Field. Let's go. 40,000, 45,000 people expected in the arena. A lot of matches on this card. We got even the United States title, but that's in the pre-show because they don't care about. So is the cruiserweight. Yeah, they don't care about that match either. So they'll probably be in the Royal Rumble match later. Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't know what they've done with him. A year ago, he was in the Royal Rumble match where he won the Royal Rumble, eliminating Cena, Roman Reigns, and now he's in the pre-show facing Rusev for a title nobody cares about. What are your thoughts on Nakamura's Royal Rumble from 2018 to 2019? It's very disappointing, and it's nothing that he did. Uh, I, I love thinking about last year's Rumble when he won, eliminating Cena and Reigns. You really thought like those were the two main baby faces of the last however many years and then he takes them out and then it's a statement and then he has this amazing feud with styles and then he just kind of fades into obscurity and then oh u.s title and then back into obscurity and i really don't know what they're doing with him but they're giving it time on smackdown the feud like it's coming to life again but the fact that this is on the pre-show it's probably going to get like 10 minutes it's really disappointing I'm looking at both the names in Rusev and Nakamura, and maybe like three, four months ago, I would have had this maybe like a sub-main event almost because like Nakamura is a name in itself that I think he should be among the top of the card. Rusev's a guy that he's been getting promoted, like the merchandise sales are through the roof. Rusev Day's been clicking. I mean, obviously now it's died down with Aiden English not in the picture anymore which I think was a terrible booking decision. But, um, you know, it's a shame to see the U.S. title again being an afterthought. And I've been saying this for about two years now, ever maybe even three years. Ever since Cena dropped the title, the U.S. title has just not been a commitment for WWE. Like we saw after Cena lost, guys like Callisto, Del Rio, all these guys were winning the U.S. title. And it's like you're looking back at it and it's like, okay, it's good for a resume, but other than that, the rain doesn't mean shit. And again, like Rusev winning the title on the Christmas edition was it was a nice moment. It was like, okay, Rusev finally got a title. But here we are about a month later, and again, it doesn't really mean shit. And like it's kind of treading water. So I'm not surprised that it's on the pre-show, but I hope these two guys have at least a decent match here. But I gotta go with Rusev retaining. Like Yeah. I'm, he just won the I'm title. With you on that with you there just very disappointing with shinsuke so disappointing i think rusev retains i want to see shinsuke win just because i like him more but 
for the sake of the title, Rusev should retain. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we'll go to the main show and uh, tag team titles with the new best friends in the world, uh, <laughs> Shane McMahon and The Miz taking on the bar. Who do you guys got winning the titles or do you have the bar retained? I want to say the bar retains here, but I'm going to go with The Miz and Shane winning the tag titles. The only reason is for storytelling, and obviously The Miz and Shane are more of a priority than The Bar, apparently, like right now, which baffles me because The Bar are one of the best tag teams in professional wrestling. You have a former world champion in Sheamus, and you have one of the best technicians, one of the greatest wrestlers. I call him the cardio man because he just runs around just nonstop in the ring. It's really a shame what what they're doing here because I feel like I preached on the part-time stuff for so long, and it just keeps coming back and haunting us. Like, Shane McMahon should not be anywhere near these three competitors, Cesaro, Sheamus, and The Miz. The Miz is coming off one of the best years. Like, if I really want to talk about this match, I will get heated. I will actually get, like, really (laughs) pissed off because I wanted to see The Miz win the Royal Rumble and face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. But we're not going to get that now because we're going to see – the Miz and Shane as tag champs, and they're going to lose it at Fastlane, and then we're going to see Shane versus The Miz at Mania. Do I really want to see that? No. Yes. <laughs> Do I really want to see The Miz face Shane McMahon? Did I want to see AJ face Shane McMahon? Did I want to see Shane face The Undertaker? No. Shane should not be a wrestler. Shane should not be here. Shane should not be in WWE. He was also in Daniel Bryan's comeback match. Just I didn't even. I didn't even. So this is his fourth Mania in a row now. Big match. Big match, Shane. <laughs> so uh, Finella, what are your thoughts on this? Who comes out of this one? I was thinking the Damn bar. It. I was thinking the bar the entire time up until last Tuesday when they yeah. beat the holy hell out of them, which was way, great. Which in the world of wrestling leads you to believe that Miz and Shane are going to go over at the Rumble. Uh, and uh <laughs> shit I, I say they win they win the tag titles unfortunately Man. it will not be a long run i have no idea where it goes but they will defeat the bar so here's where i was like if i were to book it and if we were to book it i think we would have the bar retain and have shane turn heel on the miz but that's not what's going to probably happen the miz and shane are going to win and have the shortest title reign possible where shane turns on them to lead to like 10,000 matches down the road but I would like to see the bar win and then Shane turn heel in this match. And then at Fastlane, you have the Miz versus Shane and have the like whole thing at the end of the match where if Shane wins, the Miz can't compete at WrestleMania. And if the Miz wins, he gets a WWE title shot with Daniel Bryan. So you bring Daniel Bryan back as a heel and these two guys go and have that feud again. But... We're probably going to see that's the too, that's too, too That's bad. too perfect. That's not happening. It makes too much sense. WWE won't do that, but they'll give us the Miz and Shane because that's what they think we want, and that's what this whole new era of giving the fans what they want, top priority. The only thing <laughs> that could benefit out of this whole thing is the Miz as a face. Yeah. That's the only thing. But you know what could benefit even more with the Miz as a face? If he faces Daniel Bryan in the main event of WrestleMania as a face. I like it. But it's not happening. So we could forget about that. I'll say the Miz and Shane win. Yeah. Yep. Very disappointing. All right. So the next. So far, just a disappointing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just a, it's a whole buzzkill compared to NXT. What's next? The cruiserweights? Yeah. The cruiserweights. Does uh, Hideo Itami still remain a bust? Or does he finally win a title after all these years in WWE? I'm going to go with Itami winning the cruiserweight title here. The other two guys, Tazawa and Callisto. Yeah. They're not even on the same level as Itami and uh, uh, Buddy Murphy. I love Buddy Murphy. I think he's done great work winning it at uh, – where, where did he win it? At Super Showdown? Yeah. I thought that was a great moment. He won it on his home turf. That was a great moment for him. Um, I, I feel like Itami is – like after the whole Daniel Bryan thing backstage, it's like, oh, he, he basically – he molded, like he upped Itami and he made him look good. I think Itami's winning this. I think he's winning the Cruiserweight title. And hopefully a Tommy and Buddy Murphy, uh, have they'll have like a nice big feud there. But again, they're both heels, so I don't know how that would work. I feel like at the same time, Brian would say those things. You think that would maybe hint at like a SmackDown call-up? Yeah. They can move Hideo there? Yeah, yeah, yeah or it can be, yeah. yeah. Or maybe stars on, because 205 Live lost Mustafa Ali to the main roster. So 
I don't know. I like. I thought before when they had the cruiserweights on Raw, it kind of helped them a little bit. But then they had their show at like 205 Live as like a separate brand. I think they should put them back on Raw maybe for that first hour because it's so boring. And it gives them like the cruiserweights to open the show of Raw every week. And similar to what like WCW used to do when they had the cruiserweights. And it would make you build up the main like heavyweight title, tag titles like later on. But with 205 Live, I think they have to have a Tommy stay as a cruiserweight champ while they build someone else from NXT. I feel like they should do like an NXT setup how they have it. Yeah. Just do one separate show a week, not after Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's a lot of wrestling in one day. And then the people that are there are like, oh, my God, we want to go home. Just like, <laughs> yeah. like even when we, w- we went to the show, we're like, do we want to stay for this match? Like, we want to kind of go home. It's like 1130 at night. Wow, that's a problem. <laughs> like, they should have it on a separate day in a crowd of like 1,000, 2,000 people and do, do it the way it, NXT Yeah, do does. it at I the like same place as NXT where you go to 205 Live and then like two hours later there's an intermission and you watch NXT's taping they did that maybe more people will be invested in it but yeah i agree if you have smackdown and you have to stay for an extra hour then the kids <laughs> in the arena like they got school the next day it's midnight you're not we're gonna watch 205 live we're looking like, around and half the arena is empty i'm like oh <laughs> now everything makes sense yeah but for the actual match i want to say buddy <laughs> murphy retains and keeps that uh three month plus reign going i would i, I would uh, not be uh against that at all i do think hideo is going to be on smackdown it that's a little Twist yeah. that's happening in my mind. I want to see come true. That would be good. I wouldn't want to see a Tommy though go for the WWE title right away. No, no. maybe the U.S. title. Yes. Let's keep it for the title. They don't care about first, and then slowly build him up and see if he can be uh, healthy. But uh, next match on the card is uh, the women's match for the Raw Women's Title. Ronda Rousey, Sasha Banks. There's had some attitude shown in Sasha Banks. Brought a new side out of Ronda. What do you guys think is going to happen? Do you think Ronda's going to just squash her in this match? Uh, I love the way they've built up Sasha to being kind of relevant again and bringing up that she is a four-time champion and like you should take her seriously. I feel like 2019 could be her year. Another thing that we have heard is that uh, Rousey might be done after Mania this year, which is a huge thing for a girl like Sasha Banks and like a Shayna Baszler. Um, no, uh, Sasha's not winning this match. It's obvious. I think Rousey's winning, but I hope that they make this match like a 12-minute match and they actually give Sasha like make her look strong. Make her look strong. And again, this is Rousey's dream match, so I think that they're gonna give it time. And I hope that we saw Rousey. She's put on great matches with Charlotte. Like I told Pinello, I thought that match was a top five match of the year between Charlotte and uh, Ronda, and even the Becky and Charlotte at the Evolution pay per view was so good. Um, so I hope it's kind of similar to this where they give it like 12 minutes, 15 minutes. But no, Rousey's definitely retaining the title here. I think this will be Ronda's best match to date. As great as those matches were that uh, she put on with Charlotte. But no, I won't be a squad. Sasha's a, she's a world-class performer, and it's about time she finally gets back into this situation. Obviously, probably in a losing effort. Yeah. But I'm really looking forward to this match. And uh, I don't think I've said that with Ronda yet, just because no. it's so predictable, even though this is kind of the same case. I'm just really excited due to the two performers that are involved. Yeah, I think this is going to be like, I don't think it'll be long. I think it's going to be like an eight minute thing. Sasha will get her stuff in there, but I think they're going to try and make Ronda look as dominant as possible and make her tap Sasha Banks out. And uh, yeah, move on to what's going to happen <laughs> later on, because we got the women's title match now. Asuka, Becky Lynch. Does the man become the champ again? No. Uh, and I will say the reason Ronda Rousey comes out and she will cost Becky again. Um, there's kind of a theme going on here in that Becky Lynch, she has war of words with uh, Ronda. And Ronda, again, we saw at the last pay-per-view, she screwed both Charlotte and Becky Lynch. And in the wrestling world, when that happens, it usually comes full circle. So... I think Rousey's going to either she's gonna make an appearance, maybe go on the Jumbotron. I think something – if it's not Ronda Rousey, it's someone else. Something's happening here. If it's not Rousey, it's Charlotte. Someone's going to interrupt and Asuka's going to retain. I, I'm all in for Asuka. Don't get me wrong. It's just the stuff that I saw on Tuesday night, I just look at that and I'm like, what are you doing? You're yelling. You're not speaking English. Like – 
you look like an animal. Like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I get you're trying to be violent and stuff, but Becky is just far and above better than you. She's more over. She's just, like, the, probably the most organic star right now in WWE. So, no, I'll say Becky does not win, but she'll win something else later on in the night. It'll be the classic. Uh, they'll get more than the Raw Women's Title match. Obviously. They will. Yeah, they'll they get will. Around twenty minutes and oh, classic oh, screwy. 20, twenty minutes. <laughs> I don't oh, see why not. Oh my god. I don't think so. I think like twelve <laughs> or eleven. I love Becky. I don't think they'll get twenty minutes. We need to remember that it is a pay per view, and sometimes they go like half an hour over. That's true. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, they'll go on for. But that's my time. biggest question. They go half hour over, but you got guys like Nakamura and Rusev not on the card. That is a whole nother story. <laughs> that's another, yeah. That, yeah, disappointment. Okay, but, uh, so if you think that's going to get 20 minutes, what's this next match between AJ, Daniel Bryan for the WWE title is going to go? Half an hour? I am just slacking so hard today. <laughs> but yeah, they'll probably, I don't know, 15, 20. It'll be the same thing for most of the matches. But for that, for me, Bryan has to retain. He's yeah. just, he's the hottest. He's one of the hottest things going along with Becky. And uh, there's no reason for me that AJ would take this. Fickle. Uh, I love how they've kind of made it unpredictable because I'll say maybe three weeks ago, four, like maybe about a month ago after he won the title or after the TLC match, yeah. I thought there was no chance in hell that uh, AJ would win the title back. But ever since his new like vicious side and, and Vince McMahon getting involved – it's kind of hinting at Vince's saying, like, oh, I want AJ to be our champion. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if AJ won here. I actually wouldn't be surprised. I I wouldn't even be that mad. Just as long as Brian is still in the, the WWE title picture. But, again, like Pinello said, he's been one of the hottest things going. I like this vegan heel character. This, like, <laughs> it's just so funny. I'm all in for both guys. I hope that this match steals the show. I think it should steal the show. Look at these two guys. Give it 25 minutes. I think I think a low blow is in store for AJ, and I think a running knee, and I think that's it. I think Daniel Bryan retains. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Daniel Bryan retains, and I'd like to see AJ in the Rumble match. So hopefully this takes place somewhere in the first hour of the show, and AJ ends up in that Royal Rumble match. But speaking of title matches, we got a replacement for Braun Strowman, who was not cleared to compete. Monster Among Men, you're representing his gear. Uh, he wasn't... Like, cleared to compete, but then he competes on Monday night, which is confusing. And his replacement, Finn Balor, is wrestling Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. Vince McMahon, they've been, like, saying that David and Goliath thing. Paul Heyman's trying to build up Finn Balor. Vince McMahon saying there's no chance he's going to win. So it got people thinking, like, is Finn Balor going to beat Brock Lesnar? It's like they just realized that Finn is popular and they're using oh, yeah. it, like, three they're years shocked. later. They're shocked. But <laughs> I was kind of... Uh, it made me a little bit happy when I found out that Brock said he loves working with the smaller guys. Because for us, those are like his best matches with Styles and Brian. And this match with Balor should be so much fun. But I just, I can't really see him beating Lesnar. I don't know about you guys. Um, the thing that actually interests me the most is you talked about he faced Strowman on Raw. Yeah. I want to know what the hell's going on with Strowman because I feel like after what I saw on Monday, I feel like he has to get involved in this match. Because, like, he, he, him and Lesnar, we saw, had to stare down. He was still greatly involved in this title match here. I, like, I want to say that Finn Balor wins the title. I'm all in for Finn. Um, I still predict that he comes out as the demon and dethrones Lesnar. But I think that Strowman's going to help Finn Balor win the title. Now, does this mean we get... Okay, let's say Brock Lesnar retains the title here and wins clean. What does this mean for Braun Strowman like going forward? Yeah. Because, yes, he wasn't cleared to compete. Then he competed. Now he's out of the title picture. He hasn't even been confirmed in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So it's like what, like, what are they doing with Braun Strowman? So I feel like they're trying to make Strowman like that guy to dethrone Lesnar. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they're going to push Stro – I feel like Lesnar's going to retain. And I feel like – Let's say the Royal Rumble winner is Seth Rollins. And then they're going to put Strowman in the mix in the main event of WrestleMania because they have unfinished business. But again, I said this to Pinello, I said this to Collab. I feel that Strowman is going to help Finn Balor win the title, sort of like what we saw 14 years earlier 
when Goldberg helped Eddie Guerrero beat Brock Lesnar. I feel like that should happen, but again, it might be too good to be true. It's yeah. tough. It's tough. I like how they made oh. this unpredictable because with Strowman and Lesnar, I just I'm like, okay, no, Strowman's not winning. Lesnar's winning. We talked about the mic yeah. work. He's not winning the title. And then all of a sudden, the last month of Raw has been all Finn Balor. Forget about Drew for now. It's been all Finn Balor. This guy talked. He had a great promo on Monday. That was probably one of the best promos I've seen from Finn Balor. It's probably the most he's talked on the mic. So. Talk about this David Goliath, how he's not scared of the Goliath and all that. I wouldn't be surprised if Finn Balor wins, and I'm all in for it. I'm going to go with Finn Balor winning the title here. Finn? Yeah, I, I think know. Finn. Yeah, I think Brock. I, yeah, I think Brock retains. The more that promo happened, I was like thinking about, I'm like, they really invested in Balor. So even if he doesn't win, they're going to try and make him look really strong. And maybe he comes into the Rumble as the Demon, and maybe Final Four or Three, but... I don't I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go Finn Balor winning and Brock Lesnar maybe costing someone in the Rumble match, just interfering and maybe Strowman, like you said. But uh, let's talk about the Rumble match because the women are going to have their title match probably before. And there's a lot of surprises that are going to be in this because they only announced, I think, 19 names or 18 names in this. So who do you want to see return for this Rumble match and who do you got winning it? Uh, the one name that I want to see in it the most, and it's probably not going to happen, is Tony Storm. I know she just won the UK Women's Title. I really love her. I think she's she's a star. Um, another girl I want to see in it is Candice LeRae. Um, but again, I don't think she's really ready for that. When you think of surprise returns, again, it's always about the nostalgia for most of them. So we'll probably get a Lita. We'll probably get a Trish, maybe. Yeah. Again, do I really want to see them though? Like, not like I love them, but like I really don't want to see them. Like you mentioned before the podcast, Nikki Bella and Brie Bella, I yeah. don't want to see them. But the person I want to see the most, I'm probably going to steal this guy's pick, is AJ Lee. AJ. That's the one girl I want to see in it. I mean, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat with him. I don't really care a whole lot for nostalgia. Yeah. Like, I was thinking more NXT for like surprise entrance, I guess. So I guess I'll go with. Uh, like a Shayna Baszler, someone like that. Cause like I know you love her theme song. I do. Gets me going. But like even last year when Trish and Nikki and Bree, and they, they took the fucking last three entrants of the Rumble and it was so predictable and we all knew they weren't going to win. So I'm like, yeah, like I don't want to see that. But it, it probably would be AJ Lee if I was going in the past there. Yeah, I don't see AJ Lee happening, <laughs> especially with uh, the new promotion in town and – uh, they're probably going to look towards signing her and her husband, Phil Brooks, uh, CM Punk. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would like to see AJ Lee. That would be a good pop from the crowd. You haven't seen her in a while, especially wrestling. Rhea Ripley's a one that from NXT UK if they want to bring her in. So good. Shayna Baszler is probably going to get called up. Uh, I'm trying to think of other NXT. Eero Shirai was pretty good. They're going to have Kyrie Sane Yeah, again. Kyrie Sane. Mia Yim's a star. Yeah. So there's a lot of women on NXT that would get, be able to hold their own in a women's Royal Rumble match. And uh, Trish and Lito are probably going to be in there. But one, the winner of this, I'm like, I was thinking about it. 25 years ago, 1994, Bret Hart, Lex Luger both eliminated themselves. And they were went on to face Yokozuna in separate matches. What a way to commemorate that. 25 years later, you have Becky Lynch and Charlotte eliminate each other. Ronda Rousey comes out. Beats them both up and says, you know what? I don't want separate matches with you. I'm going to take the both of you in the main event of WrestleMania. And you have a triple threat. Do you guys have Becky or Charlotte coming out? Another name that I love hearing and like I'm just kind of an X factor for me is the number 30 entrant, Carmella. She's a former women's champion. And she was a, she had that little backstage segment on Tuesday night with Charlotte. So I keep an eye on Carmella too. I'm happy that she's 30 because it actually like it's not a it's not a nostalgia like yeah and trend like you know it's Carmella she's a former women's champion beware she's coming in at 30 she's gonna be fresh so I don't know I feel like Carmella is another name that just doesn't get she doesn't get the the credit so. Lord Truth come out at number 30 and <laughs> come out with her and say dance break and then he loses a spot in the men's match it has to happen oh you've been God. saying it for a while no, um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm not gonna go with Becky winning here. I'm gonna go with Charlotte winning the Royal Rumble, 
And then I'm going to go with maybe Becky at like fast lane or yeah, whatever. Like she'll, thing. she'll insert herself in that, but that has to main event. Yeah. That has to main event mania. Those three has to main event WrestleMania. You know, I love Carmella, but other than Becky and Charlotte, I really can't see anyone else coming close. You think Alexa Bliss maybe? Cause she got cleared to compete and she, she looks like she might be turning face. She won't win. She, she won't, won't win. win. No. That Lacey Evans. I, I, th- I, yeah, th- I think that, that. I think that's going to happen at Mania. You have Lacey Evans versus Alexa Bliss. Well, Her first actual real feud as a face. I'll, I'll go on the other side and I'll say Becky takes it. And just just keep that going. So we got yeah. we got Charlotte and Becky as like the Well, they've been the, they've been the pinnacle of women's wrestling for 4 yeah. years now. Even Charlotte brought it up the other night. But like Becky Lynch has been the biggest star since I'll say when she so since September when she won the title at Hell in the Cell, she's been probably the biggest star. So, wouldn't be surprised if Becky won. So let's go to the men's side because this one is I think a little way more unpredictable. Yes, because it is. Women's one, you already have that story built in. I think they needed that because it's a second Rumble last year. The being the first women's Rumble, it sold. So this year they have a story going into it. But the men's is a little different because we got someone from SmackDown that can win. We got some people from Raw. Who are your favorites to win? And who again, who would you like to see come back? Um, I'm going to start with who I'd like to see come back. It's obvious it's CM Punk, but he's not going to come back. Another guy that I kind of want to see in the Royal Rumble is obviously Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn is another guy. But how about a guy that's kind of, he's not that big of a deal. I want to see Adam Cole again. I want to see him come out. I want to see him come out early. And I want to see him actually last in the Royal Rumble match. I want to see him maybe be in there for 30 minutes, do his thing. He's obviously not going to win it, but I want to see him actually show Vince McMahon what he could do because he is a main event star, in my opinion. He really is. As long as he doesn't last four minutes and get eliminated by Ray. Yeah, that, that's as long what as I you mean. beat that. <laughs> but you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to be very excited to see what Ray does in this Rumble this year because we have seen the last couple weeks. That his stamina is probably the best right now in his career. He did, he looked a little gassed last week, but again, you're putting on like long ass matches every week, and you're 40 something years old. It's gonna catch up to you. But I feel like they're looking at Ray this year as like that almost like that 06, but like not winning it. Like you know what I mean? Like he's the underdog. <laughs> they have a lot of they have he's a plan for Ray, but I don't think he's winning it. But I think he'll be in it a while. Would it be able to last that long though? Like that's gonna be tough on him. He's in don't be su- don't now. be surprised if he if he's in there a while. That's all I'm gonna say. And who do you got winning? See, now that I've said Finn Balor wins, <laughs> I gotta go with Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble. And here's why: you can't have a heel and a heel face each other at Mania. You can't have a face and a face. You gotta have a heel. And what better heel than Drew McIntyre? You could build the story where it's like, oh, I was the hottest thing on Raw. Finn Balor, you took that from me. I was the number one guy, and then you stole it from me. So now I finally earned my worth. I won the Royal Rumble, and now I will take your universal title come WrestleMania. And then that'll build him into the next top star on Raw, and he will have a great universal title run. All right. (laughs) I know uh, last week I said... uh, the demon would enter and win it and then go to SmackDown and all that. But I can also see a guy like Samoa Joe taking it. Kind of mm-hmm. like when Orton won a couple years ago. Yeah. And like it's a big name, but no one really saw it coming. And this can only do wonders for Joe because he's been lost since he's got called up. And uh, I also said before, like anything that guy is in, I'm just so invested in because the character work is elite. So I would love to see a guy like Samoa Joe in that spot. So who would you have? So you'd have Joe face Daniel Bryan for the title. Or do you want face AJ? I, you know what? Either or. I am sold. Or do you have him face Brock again? Those guys know how to work oh. together. That can be an option. Yeah. So Joe could work with anybody. He could he work really with anybody. So he's a good one. to. If you're want to, if you like last-ditch effort who you need to win, Samoa Joe would be a good pick. So who do you want to see return in this match? Oh, man. Honestly. Kevin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> My initial thought was no one. But I yeah. want to say Sami Zayn because I know he's closer than Kevin Owens, yeah. and they had the they had the vignettes. How long ago? I think about a it was about a month ago yeah. now. It's so a while ago, like right after TLC. I'm not saying he's gonna come in in like 29 and win, but it would be nice to see him return. Yeah. So uh, what about you, buddy? What are your predictions? I got a lot of predictions. The for host this. here. <laughs> so 
To return, I'm still having a slim hope for The Rock. I'm a big fan of his, and the last couple of months, he's just putting out wrestling way too much, and he doesn't have a movie coming out right now, so he's just throwing it out there. The Rock um, is like one surprise. Uh, on Monday... Shawn Michaels. Yes. Shawn <laughs> Michaels is like... I've been thinking about him since his uh, super... No, super showdown and the... Please, no. Jewel. Don't come back. He said... Uh, I don't know. He really put it away too much that he's not going to wrestle again. That makes you think you're wrestling again. He wouldn't have just said, oh, yeah, I don't I don't find it. Uh, Didn't he good. say he wanted to face Daniel Bryan too? Yeah. He wanted to face Daniel Bryan, AJ, and Gargano. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. So what <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like, of that, the only way you can face those guys if they're in the same match. So maybe he gets two of those guys in the Rumble and faces Daniel Bryan. I don't want to see that, though. No. <laughs> I don't want to see him win at this age. But... On uh, Monday night, I was on uh, No Holds Board podcast. Got to give a shout out to uh, Joe Pasek of Barnburner, who said Velveteen Dream could be in the Royal Rumble because he's not on NXT Takeover. I would love to see the Velveteen Dream in this and last long. He's an over-the-top character. Maybe come on his Hulk Hogan gear and <laughs> <laughs> just steal the show. But I got—I don't think Seth Rollins wins this. I, early on, when they first announced him in the match, I thought, okay, Seth Rollins for sure is going to win this and face Lesnar. I don't think so. I think Lars Sullivan comes out in this. Um, John Cena, even though they said he's injured, I think he makes an appearance in this. Uh, Gets eliminated quickly. Yeah, I think by Lars Sullivan. Or EC3. Oh, EC that. triple. That'd be good. <laughs> Eliminates him? They had a little Twitter feud. Uh, I don't know how long bit, ago. Yeah, but. they did. <laughs> they did. But, yeah, Drew McIntyre, I think. I'm going to go with you and Drew McIntyre. And another pick... If uh, like a sleeper pick, AJ Styles. If he loses early on to Daniel Bryan, comes in this match. And vicious then, and just vicious runs everyone. animal that Vince McMahon <laughs> wanted when he said he wanted the inner animal. And go one step further, challenge Brock Lesnar on Monday Night Raw. They oh. get the rematch at WrestleMania. With I Vince love the Royal Sporting. Rumble, man. Just so, so many possibilities. I like it. Because so like we, we've been talking what? So I watched the 2012 Royal Rumble. That was unpredictable. Sheamus. Actually, it was kind of predictable because we all thought Jericho was winning it, but yeah. he didn't win it. 2013, 14, 15 was all predictable. You had Cena, <laughs> you had Batista, and you had Roman Reigns. I was all, I knew that was happening from like November. I knew they were winning. And then Triple H, that was Triple H, I knew that was – and then 2017, it was kind of like – that was a star-studded Rumble. You had go, okay, well, not really, but you had gold <laughs> – like it, you had people that you didn't want in the Rumble. Yeah, you had Goldberg, so Lesnar, Taker. You had all those guys, and it's like, okay, Randy Orton wins it. It's all right. Like, I didn't really think that would happen. And then they had an underwhelming Mania match the rest of history. Oof. Last year, Shinsuke winning. That was, that, was one of the be- that was one of the best Rumbles I've watched in maybe a decade. So they have a lot of ex- – like the expectations for me this year in this Rumble is pretty high. I hope they don't let it down. Again, like they've been kind of like anticipate. I they've been hinting at the fans saying, "Okay, Rollins is the guy. Yeah. Rollins is our guy. We're gonna have him win." But now with this whole Finn Balor thing, it's like he's the top guy. You don't need Rollins winning unless Rollins wins the Rumble, and you either have Finn Balor or Seth Rollins turn heel. But like, I'm pretty sure Seth Rollins has solidified himself as the top face on Raw. If Seth were to win, would that feel forced? to you a little bit it's 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 one of those things where like if seth rollins were to win i would be i'm a huge seth rollins guy like i'd be happy but at the same time it's like uh, okay like it was kind of predictable like it was the most predictable option it's like okay like with becky and charlotte we don't mind it because they are the best like it's like okay you're gonna main event mania with rousey anyway you're gonna put on a clinic and they deserve it you know like women finally main eventing a mania that's gonna be huge but like a Rollins, does it really live up? Does it really have the star power? Like a Rollins and a Lesnar? Like, are you really building on Roman Reigns' sympathy that much? And they already had that Lesnar-Rollins. You can't food. You can't have another Orlando, mania yeah. about Roman Reigns. I'm sorry. Oh, they'll find a way. They'll f- <laughs> make him the special. <laughs> like, I also heard, yeah, I, I heard rumors where it's like, oh, if Rollins wins, they could have Reigns as a special guest ref. It's like, I don't That'd want Reigns there. It would like, be forced to, like, have Reigns as star power, help Rollins, and then... I don't know. I don't like it. Rollins and Lesnar. I think if you want a flat-out wrestling, like WrestleMania match, great for the product, great for the fans, Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre. And They're both there every event. week. Yeah. Just do that. And it won't main event Mania because we already know Ronda Rousey. That's main, yeah, that's going to main event. Gonna main event. So, I'm not, I don't have a problem yeah. with that. And last year with AJ and Shinsuke, they didn't main event either. So they don't have to main event the show. You're just having it as a marquee matchup. And 
Drew versus Finn Balor. They got to stop promoting yeah. it though as the winner <laughs> main, main event WrestleMania because yeah. that's not that's not that's it. Never the case. So like if you're gonna have Drew versus uh, Lesnar, Drew versus Balor, Drew versus Daniel Bryan or AJ, whatever, it's still a good marquee matchup. Just not gonna close the show. So it's just I'm the right the thing it. I love most about this Royal Rumble is you have both title matches. They could both be in the Rumble and win it. Yeah. Like Styles and Balor could both win the Rumble, and we will be so happy about that. Even though they have a title shot now. It's like, okay, yeah, we don't really care. It's Balor and Styles. Another Whereas, thing, though, like, if Lesnar loses and goes in the Rumble, and they set up a feud, who would you want to see him, like, who would you want to see eliminated him to set up a WrestleMania? I think it's confirmed that if Lesnar loses, I think it's going to be Strowman versus Lesnar at Mania. I think that should be the match. I would make that, like, a no-holds-barred, just beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. As long as it's better than their... Um, no Mercy match? Was it No Mercy? Yeah. yeah. As long as it's better than and that. Crown Jewel. I'm good. Well, Crown Jewel was a squash. Yeah, like so. If Lesnar were to be in the Rumble match, I would love to see, like you said, Samoa Joe eliminate him and them to start that feud again. And that'd be the interpromotional <laughs> Raw versus SmackDown at Mania. Those two guys beat the crap out of each other. As long as Lesnar has a match at Mania, if it's not him holding the title and he puts someone over. Yeah, I think you That's will. it. Because like, I don't want him... I don't want Strowman to cost Lesnar the title. And then at Mania, you have Lesnar beat Strowman again. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell does that do for Strowman? Like, it does nothing. Is that a send-off, Lesnar? Like, no, what most people probably, are I think he re, To be honest, I think he re-signed. Oh, but, oh like, my God. They're just trying to like keep it. Oh, yeah, he's going to leave after. But he is going to wrestle at Mania because he's not going to miss that payday. Then probably fight at UFC... And then I would like to see him on SmackDown after because they won't have to like. I don't want to see him after Mania, to be honest, man. I don't want to see him. He's not going to obviously be there every week, but they won't have to rely on him so much if he's on SmackDown and help Fox because then they have this big star on their product. So you can have him like four times a year on there. But yeah, I don't want to see him on Raw anymore. That's the only thing. (laughs) Well, we'll wait and see what happens then. Gonna have to wait. So guys, yep, that's it. That's our Royal Rumble. We'll come back next week and see if we're right. If we're totally wrong. If maybe the please Undertaker don't bash us if we're totally yeah. wrong. The if Undertaker the Undertaker came back and won the Rumble, please, we didn't see this coming. I will be an AEW fan for life if that happens. If uh, Chris Jericho decided to show up because his AEW contract technically the cleaners come into have, WWE. Yeah. Don't at me. Can you imagine? Like those Kenny guys, Omega's their coming. contracts aren't technically in because there's no product, there's no ring set up for AEW. There's no show. Imagine that's a thing. Imagine. Like they all come. Like Cody rolling, all of them, they all come. Make them thrown out in like five seconds. Bye, Cody. Vince is like, yeah, we bought it. We bought them out. We bought out AEW. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but anyways, guys, yeah, hit us up after and make sure you're kind with our predictions, even if we're totally wrong and Undertaker comes back. Listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, wherever you want to listen to us, you pick. It's up to you. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Take it easy, boys.